Good evening. I hope you've had a great day today. Welcome to BBJ's Bedtime Stories. I'm Big Voice Jay, and this is the show where we get you ready for a good night's sleep with public domain short stories just for you. Links to all the stories can be found in the show notes at bedtimewithbvj.com. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a Buy Me a Coffee link in every post. Tonight we continue our story, The Wind in the Willows, by Kenneth Graham. He had all the appearance of one who for some nights had been kept away from home and all its little comforts and conveniences. His shoes were covered with mud, and he was looking very rough and tousled. But then he had never been a very smart man, the badger, at the best of times. He came solemnly up to Toad, shook him by the paw, and said, Welcome home, Toad. Alas, what am I saying? Home indeed, this is a poor homecoming. Unhappy Toad. Then he turned his back on him, sat down to the table, drew his chair up, and helped himself to a large slice of cold pie. Toad was quite alarmed at this very serious and portentous style of greeting, but the rat whispered to him, Never mind, don't take any notice, and don't say anything to him just... He's always rather low and despondent when he's wanting his victuals. In half an hour's time, he'll be quite a different animal. So they waited in silence, and presently there came another and a lighter knock. The rat, with a nod to Toad, went to the door and ushered in the mole, very shabby and unwashed, with bits of hay and straw sticking in his fur. Hooray! Here's old Toad, cried the mole, his face beaming. Fancy having you back again? And they began to dance round him. We never dreamt you'd turn up so soon. Why, you must have managed to escape, you clever, ingenious, intelligent toad. The rat, alarmed, pulled him by the elbow, but it was too late. Toad was puffing and swelling already. Clever? Oh no, he said. I'm not really clever, according to my friends. I've only broken out of the strongest prison in England, that's all, and captured a railway train and escaped on it, that's all, and disguised myself and gone about the country, humbugging everybody, that's all. Oh no, I am very stupid, I am. I'll tell you one or two of my little adventures, Mole, and you shall judge for yourself. Well, well, said the Mole, moving towards the supper table. Supposing you talk while I eat. Not a bite since breakfast. Oh my, oh my. And he sat down and helped himself liberally to cold beef and pickles. Toll straddled on the hearth rug, thrust his paw into his trouser pocket, and pulled out a handful of silver. Look at that, he cried, displaying it. That's not so bad, is it, for a few minutes' work? And how do you think I done it, Mole? Horse dealing, that's how I done it. Go on, Toad, said the Mole, immensely interested. Toad, do be quiet, please, said the Rat. And don't you egg him on, Mole, when you know that he is, but please tell us as soon as possible what the position is and what's best to be done now that Toad is back at last. The position's about as bad as it can be, replied the Mole grumpily. And as for what's to be done, blessed if I know. The Badger and I have been round and round the place, 
by night and by day, always the same thing. Sentries posted everywhere, guns poked out at us, stones thrown at us, always an animal on the lookout, and when they see us, my, how they do That's what annoys me most. It's a very difficult situation, said the rat, reflecting deeply. But I think I see now, in the depth of my mind, what Toad really ought to do. I will tell you. He ought to... No, he oughtn't, shouted the mole with his mouth full. Nothing of the sort. You don't understand. What he ought to do is... He ought to... Well, I shan't do it anyway, cried Toad, getting excited. I'm not going to be ordered about by you fellows. It's my house we're talking about, and I know exactly what to do, and I'll tell you. I'm going to... By this time, all three were talking at once at the top of their voices, and the noise was simply deafening when a thin, dry voice made itself heard, saying, Be quiet at once, all of you! And instantly everyone was silent. It was the badger, who, having finished his pie, had turned round in his chair and was looking at them severely. When he saw that he had secured their attention and that they were evidently waiting for him to address them, he turned back to the table again and reached out for the cheese. And so great was the respect commanded by the solid qualities of that admirable animal that not another word was uttered until he had quite finished his repast and brushed the crumbs from his knees. The toad fidgeted a good deal, but the rat held him firmly down. When the badger had quite done, he got up from his seat and stood before the fireplace, reflecting deeply. At last he spoke. Toad, he said severely, you bad, troublesome little animal, aren't you ashamed of yourself? What do you think your father, my old friend, would have said if he had been here tonight and had known of all your goings-on? Toad, who was on the sofa by this time, with his legs up, rolled over on his face, shaken by sobs of contrition. There, there, went on the badger more kindly. Never mind. Stop crying. We're going to let bygones be bygones and try and turn over a new leaf. But what the mole says is quite true. The stoats are on guard at every point, and they make the best sentinels in the world. It's quite useless to think of attacking the place. They're too strong for us. Then it's all over sobbed the toad, crying into the sofa cushions. I shall go and enlist for a soldier and never see my dear toad hall any more. Come, cheer up, toady, said the badger. There are more ways of getting back a place than taking it by storm. I haven't said my last word yet. Now I'm going to tell you a great secret. Toad sat up slowly and dried his eyes. Secrets had an immense attraction for him, because he never could keep one, and he enjoyed the sort of unhallowed thrill he experienced when he went and told another animal, after having faithfully promised not to. There is an underground passage, said the badger impressively, that leads from the riverbank, quite near here, right up into the middle of Toad Hall. Oh, nonsense, Badger, said Toad rather airily. 
You've been listening to some of the yarns they spin in the public houses about here. I know every inch of Toad Hall inside and out. Nothing of the sort, I do assure you. My young friend, said the badger, with great severity, your father, who was a worthy animal, a lot worthier than some others I know, was a particular friend of mine and told me a great deal he wouldn't have dreamt of telling you. He discovered that passage. He didn't make it, of course. That was done hundreds of years before he ever came to live there. And he repaired it and cleaned it out because he thought it might come in useful someday in case of trouble or danger. And he showed it to me. Don't let my son know about it, he said. He's a good boy, but very light and volatile in character and simply cannot hold his tongue. If he's ever in a real fix and it would be of use to him, you may tell him about the secret passage, but not before. The other animals looked hard at Toad to see how he would take it. Toad was inclined to be sulky at first, but he brightened up immediately like the good fellow he was. Well, well, he said. Perhaps I am a bit of a talker. A popular fellow such as I am. My friends get round me, we chaff, we sparkle, we tell witty stories, and somehow my tongue gets wagging. I have the gift of conversation. I've been told I ought to have a salon, whatever that may be. Never mind. Go on, Badger. How's this passage of yours going to help us? I've found out a thing or two lately, continued the badger. I got Otter to disguise himself as a sweep and call at the back door, with brushes over his shoulder asking for a job. There's going to be a big banquet tomorrow night. It's somebody's birthday, the Chief Weasels, I believe. And all the weasels will be gathered together in the dining hall, eating and drinking and laughing and carrying on, suspecting nothing. No guns. No swords, no sticks, no arms of any sort whatsoever. But the sentinels will be posted as usual, remarked the rat. Exactly, said the badger. That is my point. The weasels will trust entirely to the excellent sentinels. And that is where the passage comes in. That very useful tunnel leads right up under the butler's pantry next to the dining hall. Aha! That squeaky board in the butler's pantry, said Toad. Now I understand it. We shall creep out quietly into the butler's pantry, cried the mole, with our pistols and swords and sticks, shouted, and rush in upon them, said the badger, and whack em and whack em and whack em, cried the toad in ecstasy, running round and round the room and jumping over the chairs. Very well then, said the badger, resuming his usual dry manner. Our plan is settled, and there's nothing more for you to argue and squabble about. So, as it's getting very late, all of you go right off to bed at once. We will make all the necessary arrangements in the course of the morning tomorrow. Toad, of course, went off to bed dutifully with the rest. He knew better than the reviews. Though he was feeling much too excited to sleep. But he had had a long day with many events crowded into it and sheets and blankets were very friendly and comforting things, after plain straw and not too much of it, spread on the stone floor of a draughty cell, and his head had not been many seconds on his pillow before he was snoring happily. Naturally, he dreamt a good deal about roads that ran away from him just when he wanted them 
and canals that chased him and caught him, and a barge that sailed into the banqueting hall with his week's washing, just as he was giving a dinner party, and he was alone in the secret passage, pushing onwards. But it twisted and turned round and shook itself, and sat upon its end. Yet somehow, at the last, he found himself back in Toad Hall, safe and triumphant, with all his friends gathered round about him, earnestly assuring him that he really was a clever toad. He slept until a late hour next morning, and by the time he got down, he found that the other animals had finished a breakfast some time before. The mole had slipped off somewhere by himself, without telling anyone where he was going to. The badger sat in the armchair, reading the paper, and not concerning himself in the slightest about what was going to happen that very evening. The rat, on the other hand, was running round the room busily, with his arms full of weapons of every kind, distributing them in four little heaps on the floor, and saying excitedly under his breath as he ran, Here's a sword for the rat, here's a sword for the mole, here's a sword for the toad, and here's a sword for the badger. Here's a pistol for the rat, here's a pistol for the mole, here's a pistol for the toad, here's a pistol for the badger. And so on in a regular, rhythmical way, while the four little heaps gradually grew and grew. "'That's all very well, Rat,' said the badger presently, looking at the busy little animal over the edge of his newspaper. "'I'm not blaming you, but just let us once get past the stoats with those detestable guns of theirs, and I assure you we shan't want any swords or pistols. We four, with our sticks, once we're inside the dining hall, why, we shall clear the floor of all the lot of them in five minutes. I'd have done the whole thing by myself, only I didn't want to deprive you fellows of the fun. It's as well to be on the safe side, said the rat reflectively, polishing a pistol barrel on his sleeve and looking along it. The toad, having finished his breakfast, picked up a stout stick and swung it vigorously, belaboring imaginary animals. I'll learn them to steal my house, he cried. I'll learn em. I'll learn em. Don't say learn em, Toad, said the rat, gravely shocked. It's not good English. What are you always nagging at Toad for, inquired the badger, rather peevishly. What's the matter with his English? It's the same what I use myself, and if it's good enough for me, it ought to be good enough for you. I'm very sorry, said the rat humbly. Only I think it ought to be teach em, not learn em. But we don't want to teach them, replied the badger. We want to learn them. Learn them. Learn them. And what's more, we're going to do it too. Oh, very well. Have it your own way, said the rat. He was getting rather muddled about it himself, and presently he retired into a corner where he could be heard muttering, Learn them. Teach them. Teach them. Learn them. Till the badger told him rather sharply to leave off. Presently the mole came tumbling into the room very pleased with himself, evidently. I've been having such fun, he began at once. I've been getting a rise out of the stoats. I hope you've been very careful, Mole, said the rat anxiously. I should hope so, too, said the Mole confidently. I got the idea when I went into the kitchen to see about Toad's breakfast being kept hot for him. I found that old washerwoman dressed that he came home in yesterday, hanging on a towel horse before the fire. So I put it on, and the bonnet as well, and the shawl, and off I went to Toad Hall as bold as you please. The sentries were on the lookout, of course, with their guns and their who-goes there, and all the rest of their nonsense. 
Good morning, gentlemen, says I, very respectful. Want any washing done today? They looked at me very proud and stiff and haughty and said, Go away, washerwoman. We don't do any washing on duty. Or any other time, says I. <laughs> Wasn't I funny, Toad? Poor frivolous animal, said Toad very loftily. The fact is, he felt exceedingly jealous of Mole for what he had just done. It was exactly what he would have liked to have done himself, if only he had thought of it first and hadn't gone and overslept himself. Some of the stoats turned quite pink, continued the mole, and the sergeant in charge, he said to me very short, he said, now run away, my good woman, run away. Don't keep my men idling and talking on their posts. Run away, says I. It won't be me that'll be running away in a very short time from now. Oh, moly. How could you? said the rat, dismayed. The badger laid down his paper. I could see them pricking up their ears and looking at each other, went on the mole. And the sergeant said to them, Never mind her, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Oh, don't I, said I. Well, let me tell you this. My daughter, she washes for Mr. Badger. And that'll show you whether I know what I'm talking about. And you'll know pretty soon, too. A hundred bloodthirsty badgers, armed with rifles, are gonna attack Toad Hall this very night, by way of the paddock. Six boatloads of rats, with pistols and cutlasses, will come up the river and effect a landing in the garden, while a picked body of toads known as the diehards, or the death or glory toads, will storm the orchard and carry everything before them, yelling for vengeance. There won't be much left of you to wash by the time they're done with you, unless you clear out while you have the chance. Then I ran away, and when I was out of sight, I hid, and presently I came creeping along the ditch, and I took a peep at them through the hedge. They were all as nervous and flustered as could be, running all ways at once and falling over each other, and everyone giving orders to everybody else and not listening, and the sergeant kept sending off parties of stoats to different parts of the grounds, and then sending other fellows to fetch him back again. And I heard him saying to each other, That's just like the weasels. They're to stop comfortably in the banqueting hall and have feasting and toasts and songs and all sorts of fun, while we must stay on guard in the cold and the dark, and in the end be cut to pieces by bloodthirsty badgers. Silly Mole, cried Toad. You've been and spoiled everything. Mole, said the badger, in his dry, quiet way. I perceive you have more sense in your little finger than some other animals have in the whole of their fat bodies. You have managed excellently, and I begin to have great hopes of you. Good Mole! Clever Mole! The Toad was simply wild with jealousy, more especially as he couldn't make out for the life of him what the Mole had done that was so particularly clever. But, fortunately for him, before he could show temper or expose himself to the badger's sarcasm, the bell rang for luncheon. It was a simple but sustaining meal, bacon and broad beans and a macaroni pudding, and when they had quite done, the badger settled himself into an armchair and said, Well, we've got our work cut out for us tonight, and it'll probably be very late before we're quite through with it, so I'm just going to take forty winks while I can. 
and he drew a handkerchief over his face and was soon snoring. The anxious and laborious rat at once resumed his preparations and started running between his four little heaps, muttering, Here's a belt for the rat, here's a belt for the mole, here's a belt for the toad, here's a belt for the badger, and so on, with every fresh accoutrement he produced, to which there seemed really no end. So the mole drew his arm through toads, led him out into the open air, shoved him into a wicker chair, and made him tell all his adventures from beginning to end, which Toad was only too willing to do. The mole was a good listener, and Toad, with no one to check his statements or to criticize in an unfriendly spirit, rather let himself go. Indeed, much that he related belonged more properly to the category of what might have happened had I only thought of it in time, instead of ten minutes afterwards. Those are always the best and the raciest of adventures. And why should they not be truly ours, as much as the somewhat inadequate things that really come off? We'll continue our story on our next episode. We are always on the hunt for great stories like these to feature on the show. You can send your suggestions to bigvoicej at gmail.com. We've got a YouTube channel full of stories from the show. Go to tiny.cc slash bvjbedtime. If you found some value in our storytelling tonight, don't forget to show the love. There's a buy me a coffee link on every post. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>